It's time for JT the Brick. The Raiders need a wake-up call right now. If you don't progress and get better, they will cut you or trade you. You don't throw the ball out of bounds when you're down eight. There is no excuse for that. Everybody knows that my philosophy is to play faster. Don't huddle up when you don't need to huddle up. Make the play simpler. Run simpler plays and run them faster. Run them until you're blue in the face and don't leave practice until the janitor says we're closing the lights out. You guys got to go home. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. Give the ball to Devontae, Jacoby, and Hunter and Michael Mayer. I don't care who the sixth receiver is. GT the Brick. Too many people are getting comfortable. Smarter, faster, more explosive players who are disruptors. Everything that you could read that was negative and wasn't positive in this game, I gave you in the first five minutes of the show, and I do it five days a week on my radio show. There's no sugarcoating here. You're a Raider fan. Act like it. Get behind the team. And now, uh-oh, here's JT the Brick. Appreciate you coming back. JT in studio today with Bobby. Lotus Broadcasting all over the globe on the Raiders mobile app. Uh, thanks a lot for listening in. Tonight I'll be on Fremont Street as we introduce the four rugby teams from Australia who are playing NRL, the National Rugby League, and they're playing it at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday and Sunday. I'll get an opportunity to uh, interview the coaches, all four coaches, a couple of the star players, should be a nice crowd out there. I haven't been down to Fremont Street. Been to a couple of restaurants there, but it's exciting. The energy will be good there tonight. That'll be a lot of fun. And we have NASCAR in town, a NASCAR all weekend. Tomorrow we have Ty Gibbs scheduled to join us right around this time. Right around this time, I think about 1.15 or so. He'll jump in and we'll talk to him. He's the grandson of Joe Gibbs. Came in 10th in Atlanta in that race that ended three wide, which was fantastic. I mean, that was a good NASCAR race. So we had a lot of NASCAR uh, content here this week. And, uh, oh, the UNLV schedule, Bobby. Let me lead with that. UNLV football schedule just came out. My buddy Tony Cordasco, who I follow, tweeted it, and I just saw it. So they open up at Houston August 31st. Then they uh, open at home against Utah Tech. What the hell's that? Utah. Yeah, I know it's in Utah. Uh, that's not Utah State. That's not Utah, the good football team, right, that comes here and plays. Utah Tech. Okay. That's the home opener? All right. At Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk on September 14th. Fresno State at home September 28th, and then the big one. Bunch of friends coming out there. Uh, Got to have the guest rooms ready to go. Got to have the aero mattresses. The, the Cuse. Syracuse. Wow. Syracuse is coming. A lot of Syracuse fans out west will make it to that at Utah State October 12th, at Oregon State October 19th, Boise at home October 25th, at Hawaii November 9th, San Diego State at home November 16th, at San Jose State on my birthday November 23rd. Fun fact. And they end the season at home against UNR on November 30th. So there's a few good games there. I think a few games that they should win early. But the first four games, first four games you got to win two out of the four because you're going to beat Utah Tech. But you got to win at Houston, at Kansas, and Fresno State at home. Those are important games that we'll talk about. PFF just put out uh, something that I'll share with you coming up in a minute. Every It's a projection of every first-round pick. They have a Raider quarterback who they expect to go at number 13. 
So I'll jump into that and tease that, and we'll get to that in a few minutes here too. So that's what we're getting into today. want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. LeBron James dominated the Clippers last night in Los Angeles, and I thought that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen from LeBron. Something that I don't think to Michael Jordan. I know Michael Jordan couldn't play 21 years. He never did. And what LeBron did last night to me was one of his top moments of his life as a player. Q Myers joins us from the Combine. Q, I saw you taste some St. Elmo shrimp. I've had that before. It's an acquired taste. How you hanging in there? Yeah, I'm hanging in there, man. It, that St. Elmo's got me for the second year in a row. Last year it got me. I didn't know what to expect. This year I thought, okay, I know exactly what to expect, so I'm not gonna, it's not going to hit me. <laughs> well, the first wave didn't hit me. I didn't realize it was going to boomerang and hit me. Uh, with the second wave, and that's what got me. That's what you saw, the little shimmy and the little shake after it hit me. So, yeah, it got me good. Was that the sauce, or was that the overall, you know, the hot shrimp there, the way they make it there? You Normally, if someone if you have a hot cocktail sauce, that's what gets you. Did you eat it plain, or did you dip it? No, it, it definitely had nothing but that horseradish on, right. on it, and, and it was dipped into it as well, and they said that that was a brand-new batch that they made, and I thought, <laughs> okay, no big deal. I had this before. It's not going to hit me hard. Yeah, it hit me hard. St. Elmo's won. There you go, St. Elmo's <laughs> 2-0 over the years. Yep. So what about this year? What's different with the vibe for the Raiders? Because you were there last year, and it's Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. I heard you talking with Vinny about uh, saying hello to Dave in the same hotel after you were done sitting down with Antonio Pierce. Is it kind of surreal, bizarre, considering exactly one year ago, Tom Telesco never on a scale of 1 to 100, it would have been a zero, thinking he was going to the Raiders. What's it been like? Yeah, it's been it's been really kind of bizarre and like you said, surreal. I think that's a great way to word it, you know. And and now that we all are here, we realize. And Antonio Pierce, the good thing I, I and you know, you talk to him every week. He's so authentic and he's so himself, and he doesn't you know sugarcoat anything. And he's let it be known that they need a quarterback. They've got to go find a quarterback. And you know, he he loves the fact that people in the media are talking about the Raiders in February. So he's saying, hey, I'm doing something right if they're talking about us, right? So I mean, it's just. It's a new vibe, a new energy. It kind of feels like that Raider swag that we talk about a lot. It's alive and well. And, and you know, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, like tables here, radio stations, outlets here that are talking about the Raiders. So they come asking me, hey, can you come sit down? I got a few minutes with you. Washington, I was on with them earlier today. You know, it's just they're talking about can, could the Raiders potentially trade up to number two? Would they be interested in that? I'm like, yes, yes. Do you need me to sell this? I will definitely sell it, you know, so – it's been, a, it's been a cool little vibe, and I think there's a lot of attention on the Raiders right now. So, Q, everybody knows that it would be nice. It's a luxury if the Raiders can trade up. What's, what are you sensing in regards from getting to 13 to 3 or 4? Because I think Marvin Harrison's the X factor. I don't think he goes farther than 4. And New England, New England, I, I keep hearing New England saying they don't need a quarterback or they got so much work to do before they would need a quarterback. They wouldn't want to waste the pick on that. I know Washington and clearly – Caleb possibly going to Chicago should be a lock there. So how aggressive do do the Raiders have to be to go from 13 maybe to 4, 5, or 3? Well, I heard today that they need to be aggressive to go to 2. That's what I heard. That was the big vibe that I got because they're saying that, and this could be, you know, combine talk. It could be draft talk and trying to build up the stock. But from everything I'm hearing is that Jaden Daniels, the Patriots, really like him. So if they want Jaden Daniels, which clearly Antonio Pierce wants Jaden Daniels, they want him they're going to have to go up to number two with Washington. And that's when the radio station for Washington had me on. And they're like, yeah, you know, there's so many holes. 
I think they'd be very interested in trading with the Raiders. But, of course, you'd have to get a lot of draft capital mm-hmm. up. And Antonio Pierce told us yesterday, hey, um, you know, I'm a go-getter. Do whatever it takes. It's the ball's in Telesco's corner, but take, do what it takes to go get it because that's, that's what we need. That's what I want. So he clearly is okay with them doing what it takes to go get it. But the GM is Tom Telesco. He's got to figure out what makes sense for the Raiders. Q Myers joins us. I'll tell you, Tom Telesco, I don't know him well, and you've met him more than I have. He just looks like he's smooth, and he's not going to give you anything. If the, co- no. if the coach wants to speak or Max or Devontae, that's one thing. But he's not tipping his hand. I think that's refreshing, and that's what his reputation was like before he came to the Raiders, Q, and I think that's a big reason how he got the job. I do, too. He's a, he's a pro's pro. He's been there, done that. that. That been there, done that, you could see it. You know, and he didn't give us any answers that were telling too much. You know, even me asking about Josh Jacobs and how important it was. And he said, hey, I want to make a priority of bringing our guys back, our key guys, our core guys. But he also respects the value of the running back, this, you know, these days. So there's a lot. I don't want to say poker that he's playing. It's just he's been there, done that. And so it's not one of those where he might slip up because he's new at this and there may be a question that slipped in and he didn't see it coming. He's, he's ready at all angles and he gives us just enough and – you know, he's ready to attack this challenge that is building this Raiders team up. Q joins us from the Combine. What about Josh Jacobs, the interest in Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and Josh Jacobs? If the Raiders don't give him a fair deal or a market deal, and I don't know what that is, they're not going to franchise tag him, I would assume there's three or four teams that will be in the ballpark with whatever offer the Raiders come up with. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a couple teams, but I really feel pretty comfortable and confident that the Raiders are going to find a way to get it done. I asked Antonio Pierce yesterday, hey, you called JJ the, the heartbeat of the team. How important is it? He said, man, he's, he's my most favorite guy to coach. And, he, mm. and he, did, you know, he did respect the fact that it's a business. JJ wants to get paid. He said that. He's like, so I'm hoping it works out. If it does, that's awesome. If it doesn't, you know, I think he understands it. But it just kind of sounded like he was pretty, uh, as, as a matter of fact, that him and Samira White would be a really good one-two punch that he wants to coach up. Wrapping it up with Q. So tell me, corner or D-tackle? I know the D-tackles and corners were speaking. Did anybody jump out at you, impress you more? And what do you think's the bigger need if they do go defense in the first round? I think it's D-tackle. I agree with you 100%. As much as I love corners, I tell them all the time, DBs win games, but those big uglies in the middle, man, they've got to get that pressure. And I think that a guy like Byron Murphy out of Texas would be fantastic Mm -hmm. if they can find a way to land him if they don't go corner. I think he'd be in that sweet spot around 13. He said he'd love to play with Max Crosby. He said, man, he'd make my job a lot easier playing with a guy like Mad Max. So he's already uh, shown that respect. But I'll tell you, if they were to go corner – Quinion Mitchell is the name I look out mm-hmm. for out of Toledo. He made a lot of uh, noise and name for himself at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And he said, hey, I had to go there to prove I can run with the big dogs because I was at Toledo and people didn't respect my ability. Mm-hmm. Now they know I can run with the big dogs. I come to dominate. So he's, he's ready. He's a Mac guy. They said, who's the greatest Mac player to come out of, uh, you know, come out of the Mac? And he said, I would say Quinion Mitchell is. So he's got the confidence of a top-flight corner. So that's the guy to keep your eye out on as well. Q, are you positive, uh, confident about free agency with the extra cap space, the extra Jimmy G money that showed up, the cap going up overall, and that the Raiders seem to be close? It doesn't. Tom Telesco said this isn't a rebuild. We're not breaking this down. If that is the case, they got to be vibrant in free agency. Yeah, he said he was going to be more spendy in free agency than he wants to. You know, I asked him mm. what his philosophy on that was, and he said. We're going to have to spend more money than I normally would. He said, I don't like to you know, just spend, 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 but we have to. It's very obvious that we have to, which made me feel like they know that 
to go get their quarterback, they're going to have to trade some of their capital. So to get some of the pieces that they need, they're going to have to go get in free agency. So I'm looking for them to be pretty big spenders in some areas of need, like offensive line, uh, potentially defensive line, and, and a little bit more. But, yeah, they're definitely going to spend some money. Q, last one. It's a big topic, I think, outside of Indy, because you like Indy. I've been a one combine, and you know I've been a Final Fours, and I've been in a Super Bowl there. It's a good city. It's, it's spread out nicely to host a big event, but it's not Vegas. And I don't think Vegas would want the combine every year. Sensing from the media and the people that you talk to, is everybody just so comfortable in Indy? It's not going to move around like an NFL draft because there's a lot of bit, parts and pieces with medical and hospitals and what you want to do with all of that. But could you see the combine moving to Vegas at some point? I could. I could see it because the NFL loves Vegas. They've made it very obvious that they did. That Super Bowl that went off just a couple of weeks ago was almost flawless. The media members love to be there. They got there early, and they stayed late. So I can definitely see it moving. Maybe, like you said, not every year, but I can see it bouncing back and forth every few years going from Vegas to Indy. But Indy is a great place for the combine, that's for sure. What do you got coming up today, Q? Oh, man, we've got, I got Sheena Quick, who covers the Carolina Panthers, one year later. Remember, they yeah. went up and got the number one overall pick, so how are they feeling at this point? I got her coming up, Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network, Mark Ross, former GM. He won a Super Bowl with Antonio Pierce, yes. so we'll talk to him about, I mean, we've got a whole lot coming up. Quinion Mitchell, uh, had an opportunity to catch up with him. You'll hear that conversation. I got a lot coming up, and Vinny's going to join me as well. Thanks, Q. Appreciate it. Safe travel. See you next week. I appreciate you. Great job. All right. That's Q Myers. Fantastic that he could join us from the Combine. And it pretty much I think that knocks out everybody we wanted to get on from the Raiders or our channel here. Appreciate everybody jumping in. And Q does a lot more than radio. He's putting this whole thing together. He's plugging it in. He's breaking it down. He's getting it out there and making the relationships, which are very important. So Pro Football Focus uh, just put this out here a little while ago today. Just came in my inbox on the draft pick that they believe can fill the need. So it said goals for the Las Vegas Raiders. Solidify the offensive backfield. That would be quarterback and running backs. The ideal first pick, Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon. According to Pro Football Focus, here's what they say on Bo Nix. And again, I like Bo Nix. I saw him play in that game. I thought he played pretty good. Uh, but Michael Penix Jr., I was there. I thought Penix Jr. was a better player. He just threw a deep and long ball. Pro Football Focus says the Raiders sit in a similar spot as Denver. They need a quarterback but don't necessarily have a premium pick sitting one spot behind the Broncos in the first round. They do, however, seem to be more open to acquiring someone like Russell Wilson or another veteran. They go on to write, even if the Raiders do go that route, they, they still could draft quarterback Bo Nix or Michigan's J.J. McCarthy to develop on the bench. Nix could be the preferred opinion as a quick rhythm passer. The team was looking for why the, the reason why they signed Jimmy Garoppolo last offseason. Las Vegas should also look to the running back class in the event of Josh Jacobs' departure. Encumbered Zamir White is a nice complimentary player, but a more physical option such as Jonathan Brooks or Marshawn Lloyd would be ideal as a running mate. So that's from Pro Football Focus today. If Bo, if Bo Nix was taken at 13 or Michael Penix Jr. at 13, you would not hear a complaint out of me because they couldn't get Jaden Daniels and they got a quarterback and they're going to develop him. And he's has a much bigger ceiling than Aiden O'Connell. And Aiden's pretty good. 
and then you'd have to get a veteran. If they do get Bo Nix, then 100% you got to go get a veteran. And that veteran probably won't be Russell Wilson. It'll probably be Jacoby Brissett, Jameis Winston, someone there because the winner of the camp would probably be Aiden O'Connell over Bo Nix, and then you'd have a veteran in case Aiden got dinged and you didn't want to go to Bo Nix in week two or three. That's the way I see it. How do you see it? 702-365-9200. One caller today, Mitch. Everyone on vacation? Everyone drinking? Everyone out partying? Oh, they're golfing. Like I'm going to do this weekend. I got a big weekend. Golf, NASCAR at the track, Allegiant Rugby, and 18 holes as I'm playing in a fraternity brother tournament next weekend. And, man, is that one of those golf tournaments where everyone has their phone out on the first tee? If you don't hit it really good, it's tough. So I got to get in a round or two before that. Uh, Zig Fricasi will join us a little bit later on in the show from Mad Dog Sports Radio, my teammate. Started with them here. It's a big game tonight, the Boston Bruins. Bobby, that win against Toronto, does that change everything now? Because Eichel was practicing without a red jersey. Mm-hmm. Eichel wants to play against Boston for obvious reasons. That's not happening. And does, that's not going to happen. No, okay, no. fair. Didn't know that. And then Bruce Cassidy sent a zing over at Boston because he's bringing his new shiny ring to the game. Remember, Boston fired Bruce Cassidy, our coach. Oh, yes, very aware. When he didn't win the cup and he got the team to the cup. All I know is that I've got friends that are going to this game and they're already lining up at the Garden. This is a monster game because Boston hates Las Vegas. Well, I don't know about hate Las Vegas, but I think it's more a case of jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. Because, I mean, look, the first year they go to the finals, sixth year they win the cup. You know, Boston has not had that kind of success. They did in the 70s with Lauren Esposito, not so much later on. The fact that Boston had the greatest regular season record of all time, of -hmm. all time a couple of years ago and didn't win, and we're coming in in year six with a cup, Mm -hmm. going into year seven, Southie. Southie Boston dude, Sully and Southie tonight is going to be 10 Sam Adams deep on the glass, screaming in this game. It's going to get wild. I can't, this is must-see television tonight in Vegas. Dude, it is 420 in yeah. Boston right now. They're already yeah, lining up for the, the Sammies. Yeah. Don't you worry. Yeah, that, that's, that's what being in a big they, sports they'll take, town they'll is. Take, they'll take Friday off. This, this, this yeah, is a big, and, big deal. And Vegas is getting better as a sports town. Vegas will never, with an N, never be compared to Boston as a sports town. I don't care how good it does here. Not I don't care lifetimes. how good it does here in our lifetime. There's a difference between Vegas and Boston when it comes to tailgating for a sport. Well, let's All see right? what happens in the next hundred years, because I'll tell you what, yes. Boston's having some really serious problems with the Red Sox right now. Yeah, the Red Sox. Uh, they, they, they are losing their minds about the Red Sox. Yeah, but the Celtics should win the title this year. They, uh, if they don't win the title, I, I don't want to say sh- I don't want to say should, but, I mean, they're obviously a playoff team. I don't see anybody in the East that's really going to give them any competition. Watch out for the Miami Heat and the Knicks, by the yeah, way. Yeah, my Knicks could give at least be interesting. I'd like to see Denver again, because I think Denver's great for Boston. I'd take that NBA Finals right now. I know Warrior fans want a chance. Warrior fans, you have no chance. Right? You're nine seed. You have no chance. Don't tell me you Warriors, oh, we're going to wake up. and I like the Warriors. The Warriors aren't going to do nothing. They're barely in the playoffs. They're not going to go from barely in the playoffs to winning the title. Same thing with the Lakers. There's too many good teams out there. But Boston, you're going to have to fight Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, that's going to be a tough one, too. But we'll see. I mean, then yeah. again, I mean, I've, I've always said it was going to be the Celtics and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, if, it, if one team's not going to make it, it's more likely going to be the Bucks. I got, a, I got 40 minutes left in the show. I hope someone surprises me today. I think I got some juice today. 
I can hear it in my voice. I know when I got some juice. Let's see if we have any juice on the phone. 702-365-9200. Q just came on and talked to you about potentially a defensive tackle at number 13. Antonio Pierce is talking about doing what it takes to get a quarterback. I'm fine with that. Others aren't. Others think that should be Tom Telesco, not me. I like Tom a lot. I don't know him. I know Coach a little bit better. Anyone in Raider Nation from a coach or a player who's not cocky, not saying we're going to win win it all. We're not going to say we're going to win the Super Bowl yet. But any coach or executive who says, yeah, we're going to be good. We're, we're, We're doing what we want. We're going to go after Mahomes. We're going to go after a quarterback in the draft. Man, that's cause for celebration, man. That's good, man. What are we doing? Don't we want to win now? We're not not on a three-year plan, are we? We're not on a two-year plan. We're on a plan now. And Max Crosby's getting older, not younger. Devontae Adams is getting older, not younger. You better believe they're going to spend that free agent money. And you better believe if this is the year to move, they're going to move. Because a lot's at stake in Las Vegas. Brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. You get into an accident, the brothers have your back. Man, it's good to have family the legacy of their great father and how they built the law group, you might need them. And if you do, you want the brothers because they'll do what it takes. They'll have your back. Give them a call, 702-222-9999. Tell them JT sent you as we continue from the flagship of the Silver and Black. Let's start with Devontae Adams. A lot of speculation about whether he'll be a Raider next year or not. What was your answer earlier? Yeah, Devontae's a, he's, he's a Las Vegas Raider. I've got asked that a couple of times. Uh, I guess speculation, speculation. You know, we need good football players, number one. Um, you know, I don't see this as a situation where we're going to tear this whole team down and try and rebuild it. You, know, you just don't have time for that in this league. I don't have the patience for it. I don't think the fans have the patience for it. Right. Um, look, I've been really lucky. My time in, in, in Indianapolis, which was 15-plus years, um, we had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne that whole time. And then I go to the Chargers, and we have Keenan Allen the whole time. So now I come to the Raiders, we have Devontae Adams. So if you kind of <laughs> see the, where, where I'm coming from, like, right. you know, we need guys like that. So... Tom Telesco, he was on Sirius XM NFL Radio, found that little nugget. Not many people saw that. Saw that on social media. Of course, Tom Telesco is going to sit down and say, Devontae's good. I mean, come on. He's never, <laughs> Tom Telesco hasn't even had a draft yet. You think he's going to go to the combine and say he's trading Devontae Adams? Of course not. Devontae is the best player on the team. Most accomplished player on the team. Max Crosby is building. He is the most accomplished player on the defensive side. When you got cornerstone players like Devontae and Max, you got to win because those guys want to be here and they want to win. We're going to get into McCall Hardman and what he said about the Jets on a podcast. He was so upset with the Jets last season that he begged Kansas City to, quote, come get me, a remark that is not sitting well with the Jets. And listen to Hardman here talk about what it was like to play on the Jets. This is a he's a guy who won a Super Bowl in Kansas City because he left the Jets. This is a really deep dig to New York. Going to the Jets, I've seen that other side of where it's not where you want to be at. Y'all can't tell me about winning. I've been to four Super Bowls in five years. You know what I'm saying? I know what winning looks like. I know what winning is. So y'all keep telling me certain things. It's like I'm not going for that. Like, because y'all not doing it right. 
Like we got hammers on the ground, we don't got no discipline. People feel like it's too many individual egos in this locker room or whatever. And I'm telling them, I'm like, this not going to get y'all to win. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a big deal overall. I think that is a huge storyline because it's unclear if the Jets are going to pursue tampering charges against the Chiefs. But this isn't good. Uh, one more soundbite here from Hardman who talks about the Jets. Now, remember, this is Aaron Rodgers' team. This is what Hardman, who left the Jets, have to say about that organization. Just got a new coach staff that came in, you know, and, like, it's no standard there. It's like everybody do what they want to do, and it's like whatever. Now, granted, the defense have a more of a stabilized standard with that with the coaching staff on that side. So you could tell the defense got a, a standard, but the offense is just like, all right, we'll just figure it out. It's Aaron show. Let Aaron do what Aaron do, you know what I mean? But then when Aaron go down, it's like, we don't know what to do. Wow. <laughs> Look, I'm not, I think he's, he's a pretty interesting guy. You just heard the soundbite. But he said some smart things about the Jets that I've been saying and a lot of other people told you about a year ago. Uh, the Jets are a train wreck. You think Devontae wants to go play for that group? Come on. I mean, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I wonder what, I'd love to know what the Aaron Rodgers Scenario would have looked like last year if he didn't get hurt. I think they would have been a playoff team. I think they would have been a wild card team. But this year, a lot of pressure on Rodgers. He took a lot of money for that team to play four plays. And this is his last rodeo. Raider 66, good to hear from you today. What's going on? Hey, good afternoon, JT. I didn't want to leave you hanging with no phone calls, so I figured I'd Remember, we don't need calls. We don't have to. I just get irritable when people don't <laughs> use my format here. You do. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a great way. And you know the the thing with uh, with Vegas possibly getting the combine, it could happen. The uh, the contract or the agreement with India is up after twenty twenty, can be renewed or maybe move around a little bit. So that'd be kind of cool. But you know, I like the idea of going up to get a quarterback. You know, it, almost whatever it takes. But I don't think that we're going to be able to get into one of those top three because if the Giants think that Dan Jones is not the answer. Mm-hmm. You, we're not going to outbid. Nobody's going to outbid them. They've got three picks in the top fifty-four in the top seventy this year. Plus, even if they get one of those quarterbacks and they lose Saquon, they're not going to have a good year. So their uh, first-round pick next year is going to be better than what the Raiders is. So I just don't think uh, you can win a bidding war in that sense. It would be nice if we could go out and get him, get one of the top three. But I like your suggestion. If if uh, Nick's or or uh, or uh, the other guy falls. Grab him, get a veteran, and uh, and work it that way. That's the thing to go. I, I also wanted to call about your uh, LeBron and, and uh, Michael thing because uh, a buddy of mine and I were doing this. I like to what I like to do with individuals is I look at competition and support. Now back when Michael was good, that was the era of the big man, as you know. I mean Patrick Ewan on the on the uh, on the Knicks, and, and you got all these guys. Michael never had a quality big man to to yeah. Luke Longley and Bill Wennington and, and Bill yes. Cartwright. Bill Cartwright. Cartwright. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he played at Gold High School right down the road from Lodi where I grew up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so he never had that, that big support. And then I, and the clutch situation, you know, he, as you said, he's one of the best clutch performers ever. But with the, uh, that was the support. The competition, my thing is people go, oh, well, you know, there's only, you know, so many teams back then. If you play fantasy football, think of it this way. Okay, you're in two leagues. One is a 10-team league and one is a 12-team league. Which league are you going to have better players on? The 10-team league because you've got less people picking them. Now you take your 10-team league team and you play in a 12-team league, you're going to kick the crap out of them. The watering down of all of the, uh, the expansion and everything like that, you know, where's the competition? 
It's not as high as it was in Jordan's time. Jordan was undefeated, never went to a seventh game. So that's what I think. But, but that is not to take anything away against LeBron. LeBron is one of the top two or three all-time greats. He is doing things, as you outlined, that nobody is going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. The longevity is incredible. But when you talk about in the prime, the, the time when he was great, I still think Jordan gets up there. Yeah. But Wilt has got the numbers. And you said, you know, uh, how strong uh, LeBron is. Here's a fact. Wilt Chamberlain at seven foot two, I think maybe in the Guinness Book of Records, or he should be, for being the tallest man to do a flag. What a flag is, is you take your hand, your arms, you grab onto a pole, and you stick your body straight out like a flag. Wilt Chamberlain was able to do that at seven foot two. That is strength. Wow. Yeah, that is incredible. Never Absolutely incredible. Thanks. Thank six. you for the thank, <laughs> thank you, you for the time, JT. Yeah, Have a great day. you always Raider sixty six are historian. Always bring something to the table. Can you imagine doing a flag, being on the top of a pole and extending your legs out and feet out? And I, I, I've never even heard of that. Uh, I'm going to go look for that. Google that. And look in the in the prime of his career. I don't have a I don't have a problem. People saying Jordan was better than LeBron. I'm aware of that. We're not talking about the prime of their career. We're talking about the entire career. What the hell are we doing here? Like you can't say. Who is better without taking the entire career into play? Gail Sayers played a short career. He's one of the greatest running backs of all time. Might have been the best if he never had a knee injury. And back then they didn't have the surgery techniques. Well, we can only look at Gail Sayers in a short period of time. LeBron James has longevity. He's lapping Jordan. If you won't at least consider that, then you're not going to have a reasonable sports debate. If you want to say, I just want to take Jordan's best six years versus LeBron's six, well, no, because then Tiger would be better than Jack. If you want to take the most dominant run in golf history, Tiger Woods, and take six years compared to Jack Nicholas, yeah, Tiger was better. Jack won 18. Tiger's at 15. That's it. Jack's better. He won more majors. Muhammad Ali. Did everybody forget that Muhammad Ali lost a lot at the end of his career? Well, if, if Muhammad Ali would have retired before some, the Michael Spinks fight and a couple other ones, it would have just added to his le- legacy. It would have been a shorter career, but he wouldn't have lost three fights down the stretch. Would Tyson do? If Tyson would have retired undefeated at the top of his game before Buster Douglas, we could sit here today and go, you know, Tyson, Rocky Marciano, Ali. Tyson's nowhere near one of the great heavyweights of all time, but he was in his prime in, in three or four years. So LeBron has that over Jordan. That should never be debated. Brady has that over Montana. That should never be debated. If Brady stopped when Montana stopped, then we could look at the numbers differently. But Brady kept playing. That's a reward to Brady in any argument. So, look, I'm, I'm careful what I say about Brady, right? Because Brady is, could be a minority owner pretty quickly here and all that. I've always respected that. I will tell you this quickly. Last night I watched part three of the Dynasty of the Patriots on Apple. It's pretty well done. And I'm having a tough time with it because a lot of it's the Raiders. And a a matter of one game, the tuck rule, propelled the Patriots to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. So please understand this for a second. If the Raiders didn't get robbed in the tuck rule, they were in the AFC championship game in Pittsburgh. I think they would have won that game. They were a better team. Pittsburgh had the home field. So the Raiders would have had a win on the road, but the Patriots won. 
In that game, Tom Brady got knocked out of the game. Drew Bledsoe came in. Bledsoe played well and wanted to be the quarterback of the Super Bowl. Belichick, the whole week of practice for the Super Bowl, did not tell Brady or Bledsoe who would play in the Super Bowl until the last possible moment he called Bledsoe into his office and said, I'm going with Tommy. Tom's ready. The ankle's clear. And Bledsoe took it like a man. Took it like a man and did that. So I respect that. So whenever someone in a bar says to you who's more important, Belichick or Brady, that's another example of Belichick. Because Belichick just could have looked at Brady and said, no, no, we're going to go with Bledsoe. He's, he's healthy. You got a bum ankle. No, he's stuck behind Tom Brady. He drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round. But I thought of what happened in the tuck rule because Gruden left. And then Bill Callahan, with the Gruden playbook, took the Raiders to the Super Bowl. And Gruden knew the plays. So imagine what happened in two years. Please follow me. In a two-year period of time, the Raiders got robbed in the tuck rule that could have been a Super Bowl. Maybe they don't beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Rams are great. Maybe they, they don't. Following you, they get to the Super Bowl, and Gruden's not there, and Gruden knows the plays. Those two years in Raider history, from 2001 to the Super Bowl in 2023, changed everything, not for the Raiders, for the Patriots. And it's all there chronicled in the dynasty. If you're a Raider fan, it is tough to watch. Raider G is in Vail, Colorado, where I should be. I actually should be there today. What's going on, G? Yeah. Hey, JT. Um, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. And I just want to talk about the quarterback here. Mm -hmm. um, here's my big idea for what the Raiders should do. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, oh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, my guy, Baker Mayfield, the guy I've been talking about on Vegas yes. Radio for four years. Oh, finally yeah. we're getting around to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that, that guy is a Raider. He's tough. He's a leader. He's got all the, the qualities of being a Raider. And we can go get him. We don't have to mortgage the whole franchise just to try to pick up one of these younger quarterbacks. Aiden O'Connell's perfectly fine at backup and i'd like to say him you know i have my senior at oklahoma but watching all these oklahoma games and being there they know how to run a hurry up offense and so does baker it's just incredible why the raiders can't adapt or the nfl where all the players on the offense know the the signals the hand signals so they all look over there and they're all just quickly lined up Bang, bang, bang. I love what college football does, and especially at Oklahoma with that speed up. Mm. He's a, a a great guy, and I think he could uh, – really change the franchise. Yeah, thanks for the call. Done. Look, I don't I don't think ba I think Tampa really wants Baker and Baker wants to stay there. I think it's a good fit for him. He won, he won the fans over. He he did. That's a big part of being a quarterback is going to a new city and winning the fans over. He did that. So I give Baker credit, but we should have brought Baker in instead of Jimmy G. I, I mentioned it. I mean, I like Baker better than Jimmy G for those who Say to me, well, JT, I remember you really high on Jimmy G. Of course I was high on Jimmy G. They named him the starting quarterback. I worked for the Raiders. I wanted Jimmy G to do well. But I talked about Baker before that. I talked about Aaron Rodgers and Brady, too. Uh, Baker, I would. Uh, here's what I do with Baker Mayfield. Same thing with Russell Wilson. Here's what I do. I'd offer Russell Wilson the veteran minimum, $1.9 million. Do you want to play for the Raiders? If he says, hell yeah, Russell Wilson's my quarterback. I offer B Baker. Hey, Baker. 
here's the contract Tampa's going to offer you. We're going to give you roughly the same. You want to come to the Raiders? He goes, hell yeah. I make him a Raider. Whoever wants to be here who's really good and plays in the playoffs, I want. Whoever went to the Super Bowl who's still good, I want. Any position. Just so happens to be we're talking quarterback. Zig Fricasi on the other side. Big night. He'll talk NFL, and we'll jump into what Vegas needs to do tonight. Got to get the line on that game. Ooh, ooh. Anybody want to take a flyer on VGK tonight? Throw down a hundred? A hundo? You got these guys on gambling radio. They bet five bucks a game, and they don't tell you what they bet. I'm on this team tonight. Excuse me? What do you mean you're on them? You betting five bucks or ten? What does it mean I'm on a team for tonight? Is that a hundred bucks? Five bucks? Be clear, Vegas gambling radio guy. Tell us what you really mean. Now toward the goal, a backhand save, rebound off the post, another try, they score! It's Marcia So! 4-1 Golden Knights, and it's a new career high for Jonathan Marcia For the first time in his NHL career, he has 31 goals. And- a pretty big deal, milestone for Marcia and Vegas, the first team, the quickest team ever to 300 wins. Zig Fricasi joins us. From Sirius XM, NFL Radio, Mad Dog Sports Radio, an emergency hockey interview. Quick, Zig, this is a big one as the Cup champs are in Boston only one time a year. Yeah, good to be with you, my friend. And, of course, uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, sort of stoking the flames, I think, in good-naturedness a little bit, talking about his return to Boston and also the fact, oh, yeah, it's kind of nice having a nice shiny ring on my finger, but... uh, this should be good. You know, Vegas uh, looked like they finally got off the schneid a little bit in Toronto the other night. Boston, uh, don't have them hold a lead for you late anymore, JT. They seem to blow it, although they've got points in six and six games in a row. Uh, they've gone to overtime in most of those games, and they've lost. So uh, this is a, a do-or-die game for the Bruins while the Vegas Knights continue their, goal, their trip in Boston. Yeah, this is a big trip because of the win for Vegas and Toronto kind of woke them up. They were not playing good. Cassidy's been kind of pushing and prodding them to play a little bit better, and they answered after Toronto beat them handily in Vegas. How big of a night is this for the Bruin fans, knowing about letting Cassidy go after he took them to the Cup, knowing that the reigning champs are in town, and they they only see him once a year. It's not a rival. I would think this is a big night in Beantown. Yeah, it would. I, I think, JT, if, if Eichel was going to play in this game, I think it would probably be even a little bit bigger because, of course, he's, you know, the Boston area product. And, you know, they gave Cassidy a nice return when he when he came back mm-hmm. last year. Um, this is going to be interesting because this is the first game off a long road trip for the Bruins, and usually teams that have been away, JT, tend to uh, struggle a little bit finding their, their rhythm for at least a period, maybe a period and a half. So if Vegas can get out on them a, a little bit early, that could be uh, to their benefit. But uh, Vegas right now, they're just trying to tread water. Without Mark Stone, without Eichel, they have to play more of a, of a disciplined game, you know, have more offense, I think, from the defense. Marsh is so starting to come around, too. So uh, it, it's a big game. There's no doubt, even though the teams only meet twice a year. 
Uh, Zigfried Kotze joins us. I'm also fascinated about Mark Stone because we're used to Stone not playing all the games. We're now getting accustomed to Stone getting hurt in the second half, and then they bring him back, and he's electric and ready to roll. I don't know about it this time. The severity of the injury is different here. What are you sensing around the hockey world about Vegas going forward, having to pick up a new player and not having Stone available? Yeah, I think, JT, this is unrelated to the uh, the back injury mm. that he had. And I saw a report that it maybe was a spleen. Yes. So that could be something uh, pretty significant, too. So um, hopefully he returns for the playoffs because I think, you know, you need your leader to be able to step up uh, where, where needed. In terms of next week, next Friday is the trade deadline. Do I see Vegas maybe trying to add? I know – uh, a couple of names have circulated. Tarasenko, the former Blue, uh, currently in Ottawa. I know he's been likened to Vegas a little bit. Um, I'm not sure they go inside the division, but maybe a Frank Vetrano or Adam Henrique from Anaheim. So I'm sure Kelly McCrimmon's going to be uh, a player at some point trying to add for the stretch run. It's like, finally, how is it now to watch hockey? We're kind of in the bubble here in Vegas. We get it locally. People here have watch parties. They have a lot of partners with taverns. You were out here. You know about that. It's a unique environment here because it's still a tourist town. It's on in every casino every night they play. But finding the NHL now with streaming, digital, the things that you know about and talk about, does Gary Bettman have hockey in a good place when it comes to getting the games and knowing when they're on? Yeah, I, I would hope so. You know, I mean, I know what Vegas and I think uh, the Coyotes, mm-hmm. they're on over-the-air television yes. now because of the, you know, the deals that have, I guess, gone astray with those regional sports networks. Um, you know, some people may have criticized ESPN for the way they've handled it. But you know what? I, I, I would say the, the game's in a good spot. The only thing, JT, I kind of complain about is like Wednesdays and Fridays seem to almost be the afterthought nights where the NHL stacks games, the good games, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'd kind of like to see that spread out a little bit, but still, uh, it's a great product, and it's definitely – I was there in Vegas for the Super Bowl. I went to the game against the uh, the Wild on that Monday night. It's an event, and I'm glad that it's taken uh, taken hold in Sin City. Two guys who started at Sports Fan Radio Network 3. I'm looking at Bobby. <laughs> How lucky are we to still have platforms on the radio? Oh, my gosh. It's it, it's incredible, especially, unfortunately, with the way the uh, media climate, let's mm, call it, yes. JT, is right now. But uh, great to be with you. And, of course, Bobby, we had special times at Sports Fan. You it's did. great to be with both of you again. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks for a few minutes. All right, brother. Appreciate it. That hockey interview with Zig Fercasi brought to you by Tequila Commissario. I got their website in front of me, tequilacommissario.com. This three-pack that they have with the Blanco, the Resposado, and the Añejo is fantastic. It looks like blown art. Like, I, I, you come into my house, in my home, I have these bottles right when you walk in the door in my living room, and people look at it like, what is that? This is the Ferrari of tequilas, the best-tasting tequila I've ever had. Three gold medals in the last 16 hours. When you look at what they were able to do, this is a fine tequila. So I once again want to tell you, if you're looking for a new tequila, it's Tequila Commissario. You just go on their website at tequilacommissario.com, and you could buy the three bottles together. You could buy this three-pack 
I love the Añejo. The Reposado's fantastic. My wife loves to pour the Blanco in margaritas. It's fantastic. And more and more properties and casinos that I'm going to in Vegas has Tequila Comisario because of their great brand, the way they're running their business in a boutique type of way that's now exploding, and the fact that the Maloofs have such a diverse history in Las Vegas. They are proud partners of Raider Nation Radio, and they know what they're doing. We are honored to represent Tequila Commissario on our radio show. Try a new tequila. Once you try this one, you're going to understand. While it's the, I think, Ferrari of tequilas, it's exploding in Vegas. You'll find it at Total Wine and all of the major casinos here in town right behind the bar. All right, Bobby, we grinded through this one today. This was a grinder. You know, we didn't want to, as you said, we didn't want to do a lot of men running around in shorts radio today because we're not there running around watching them running around in shorts. But Q's on, and he brought in a lot of great information. He's on with Vinny as their show starts right now. And we had Zig on, which was a lot of fun to talk to him. Always good to talk to him. Talked a little bit about LeBron James. Tom Looney joined us, my podcast partner. Please download our podcast at jtandlooney.com. Heading home, then I'm heading down to the Third Street stage at Fremont Street. I'll be there tonight for a rugby. It's going to be great. You're going to see a group, big group tonight from Australia. There's supposedly 14,000 rugby fans in town in these hotel rooms. A lot of great players. This is professional rugby from Australia. They'll be playing at Allegiant Stadium coming up on Saturday and Sunday. And, Bobby, also NASCAR. Tomorrow we have Ty Gibbs who's going to join us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. NASCAR weekend is going to be huge up in that. Yeah, NASCAR weekend's always good. We like NASCAR weekend. I'm basically going to go over to the next studio and start the Golden Knights game. Bobby's double dipping, and he hear, he, Bobby stays till the end of the Golden Knights game and cuts up the sound and runs the post-game show. I want to talk about a long day. That's a long day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Q and Vinny are about to start. They'll have a big show. It's the Combine. As we're starting to see the athletes out on the field running, drills and all of that after the meetings. A lot of Raider potential players out there, especially at the quarterback position. We'll do it again on Friday and head into a good week in a rugby and NASCAR and the Combine. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you guys.